Holy Spirit baptism. There's a lot of questions about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and I would say to you that there's a lot of questions in our world today that people ask. Uh, there was uh, some questions seem to be inappropriate. Uh, I, I read this this past week about some questions that were actually asked of witnesses during uh, uh, trial that lawyers ask during a trial. One of the questions was, uh, the youngest son, the 20-year-old, how old was he? Duh. Another one was, was it you or your younger brother who was killed in the war? <laughs> Another one was, how far apart, how far apart were the vehicles at the time of the collision? Pretty close. Another one was, you were there until the time you left. Is that true? <laughs> well, let me think about it. No. So some questions don't deserve an answer, but some questions do deserve an answer. The question about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how does deserve an answer. We're going to try to answer some of these questions. And if this service is anything like the last service, we didn't get very far. We got to about second base. Um, last week was Pentecost Sunday. And uh, so we're going to, I want to talk about this experience, but it's interesting that on Pentecost Sunday, we preached about being unoffendable. Right? How's that going for y'all, by the way? No comment. <laughs> you remember we preached? Was it, did y'all hear that sermon? Yeah. Was that, was that, I preached the first and the third. I don't even, I can't even keep track. Can y'all keep track? Yeah. When I was here, when I wasn't? I, I, I feel like the guy that got on a horse and rode off in four different directions. But we preached, I preached about being unoffendable last week. And uh, the, this teaching about the Holy Spirit has been somewhat abused uh, by an unbalanced focus on tongues that set up a sort of spiritual elitism, the haves and the have-nots. And, and I would just say this, that when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in you, and the Holy Spirit lives in you now. What I'm talking about today is a baptism that, like what Paul talked, uh, 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 I forget who exactly it was. I'm going to preach about it and say it in a minute, a little bit. But he says, he says, have you received the Spirit since you believed? In other words, it's something that is subsequent to conversion. We accept Jesus as our personal Savior. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us because Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. He's going to send the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit is, it's like um, turbocharging your life. It gives you an additional power. And now, I want to just say this at the outset, because whenever we talk about, if, if you ever ask somebody, are you a Christian? And they say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what do they really mean? I mean, like, there's a lot of definitions out there about what a Christian is. It's like, 
man, there's just a lot of uh, ideas out there. Well, I live in America. Must be a Christian. But it's the same way about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of abuse out there. And if we're not careful, we will form an opinion without all of the knowledge and the information that God gives us because there's so many opinions out there about, and you can even watch on YouTube, stupid people doing stupid things when it comes to speaking in tongues and baptism in the Holy Spirit. I would just say this, that a good light always draws a few bugs. For every real thing, there's going to be a lot of imitation. And we have to be careful that we are not jaded by what the world defines as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we receive only what God says is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're not, we're not uh, uh, influenced by the world. And there's a challenge, right? Yes. Because the world has an opinion about everything against God. Amen. And sometimes the church people have an opinion against God because they don't understand completely what the scripture actually says because they have not experienced what the scripture is talking about. They preach against it. I'm going to go slow for you. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. People want to argue different things. but So we want to go only by what the scripture says. Amen. We're just going to go by the Bible. What it says. So we don't want to miss anything that God has for us. So let's, let's begin in the Old Testament. And the question is, is does the Old Testament address spiritual baptism? Well, the Old Testament may seem to be a strange place to start our message today about baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it provides some important background that will help settle some of the confusions. Everybody knows that God is not the author of confusion. So if there's any confusion in us, it's not from God. God doesn't want us to be confused. So the first function of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is power. While the Spirit's empowering work is evident in the Old Testament, it was limited to select individuals. And in most cases, it just came upon them for a relatively brief period of time for a specific pur purpose, for prophecy, for deliverance of individuals or for nations. God would send his prophet to prophesy or to deliver somebody or to give information about what needed to happen in that person's life or uh, about a warning that God would bring through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, however, in the Old Testament, it looks forward to a new day. Can you say Thank you, Jesus. It looks forward to the day when the Messiah, Jesus, would bring about an age when all of God's people would receive the power to do God's work. It looks forward to the church age where God's people would be empowered to do God's work. The Holy Spirit 
is defined as the helper. Is there anybody here today? You need you could you could just you could use a little little bit of help. You need some help along the way to be a better witness or to be a better Christian or not to allow the world to influence. We just need a little bit more help. Oh, I know you do. You wouldn't even be here unless somebody made you come. So Joel talks about this precious hope in this baptism in the book of Joel hundreds of years prior to Jesus. It says in Joel chapter 2 verse 28, and you might want to write down some of these scripture verses. It says, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on some people. Is that what it says? Huh? So you all need to get your Bible out. I'm just telling you, if, you, if you're like, you're like, well, I just believe everything you say. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, not just some people, not just the special ones, not just the preacher or somebody that's on staff. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say all people. Y'all need to keep your Bibles handy just in case. It says, your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams. I've been working on my prophecy, but I'm doing more dreaming than I am prophesying lately. (laughs) Old men. Verse 29, even on my servants, both men and women, aren't you glad that God pours out his spirit on the men and the women? This isn't just a man thing. It ain't just a man church. It says, I will pour out my spirit in those days and I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. This is talking about the entire church age. It's it's not just the beginning of the church age, but this is the beginning, the middle, and the end whenever Jesus culminates the church age and that, that culmination will happen when Jesus returns for his church, which we define as the rapture of the church the catching up of the church where the body, where we will be united with Christ. The Bible says we will meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's why we live for Jesus. But until that day comes, we need help. Verse 32, and everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You were predestined. You want to talk about predestination? I don't have time for it this morning. But you were predestined. Somebody, some, some denominations, they're like, God picks and chooses people. Let me tell you something. God picks and chooses everybody. God is not willing that any should perish. He's, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And here, here it says, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, our job is to call on the name of the Lord and God's job is to save us. So we have to do our part, 
And we have to accept the word that God has for us and accept him as our personal savior, not just for fire insurance. I got my religion in my hip pocket. I'm a member of the the first church of the frigid air, the frozen chosen, and I'm just going to make it to heaven by the skin of my teeth. And I'll just build me, a, build me a little cabin on the outskirts of heaven. Nah, probably not. So in contrast to the old era, era uh, when the Spirit's empowering work was limited to, to select individuals, the outpouring of the Spirit in this future age will extend to all God's people and will be characterized by the Spirit's empowering work. What the Holy Spirit does in us, he will also do through us. But it happens. It has to happen inside of us before we can ever, it can ever happen through us. You can never give away something that you don't have. So when we are filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled with the Spirit, what happens, we become conduit for the power that God puts in us for a world that is lost and dying, for a dark world out there that we can show our light and let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works, but to glorify the Father which is in heaven. We're not empowered by the Holy Spirit that we might say, I am so spiritual. Spiritual and listen to me speak in tongues and let me do this. Watch me, watch me, watch me. No, we do this so we can be better men and women, so we can love the unlovable, so we can serve those who don't deserve to be served, so that we can esteem others and be humble before God and be teachable and humble ourselves in the sight of God and say, God, whatever you have for me, this is what I want. And I put my agenda aside and I'm going to go to uh, Europe and I'm going to go to Japan and I'm just going to take my two suitcases because really that's all I'm going to be needing because I'm going to come be with you anyway and the things that I own they don't mean that much to me anymore because I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do what you asked me to do and everything else comes second to you everything that's what the Holy Spirit does for us how many needs more of that my name's Randy Weaver. I need more of getting rid of Randy Weaver and letting God rise up and shine in me so that I can have more power from on high. And I need to have my agenda put on the back burners and let God's agenda thrive in me and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what the power of the Holy Spirit does inside of us. Woo! Man, that's good preaching. When you get out of breath, you know you're preaching good. <laughs> oh, goodness. I am so out of time. <laughs> Are we supposed to be through at 1030? Gracious, this ain't right. Y'all come back tomorrow night. We'll preach all night. <laughs> no. So Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. 
I will cleanse you from all your, when, when before church this morning, before the first service, we gathered up in the green room here and we prayed, God, purify us and take away anything that, any influence that we've been influenced with from the world today and purify us in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our souls. And may we, may we bring the words that you have for us and, and anything that we have to say that is not from you, take it away from us right now. And may your glory shine through us. So this is, this is what it's saying here. That he, I will cleanse you from all your impurities. This is still in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Is there anybody here that you have to fight because you just get hard-hearted toward the world? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. Don't raise your hand. You kind of get hard-hearted. And you get jaded by the ways of the world because the ways of the world are so crippling and it's so, there, there's so much demonic influence out there. And if we're not careful, we will just huddle up inside of ourselves with our little church, us four and no more. But I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't want the church to just survive. God wants the church to survive to thrive, and the only way that that will happen is when we are empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and God gets a hold of our hearts, and we move and shake and be, because who we are is who God is. I'm not saying we're God, I'm saying that we are workers and servants of the Most High God, and somebody's got to speak for God, and God chose you to speak for Him. He don't have another plan besides you. He's like, what about plan B? Mm -mm. He don't have no plan B. It's you, plan A. You're plan A for God. You're the witness. How's it going? You need some help? That's why I'm preaching this morning. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> So he's just, he, Ezekiel is describing a new age where God would transform hearts of his people by God's own spirit taking up residence in each individual. And in the next two minutes, I'm going to preach to you about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. No, I, I mean, like, this is almost like, this is like, you ever get frustrated? That's me. So, I don't even know how to do this. So, I just want, let me put this in you, or attempt to put this in you. Here in this church, uh, we want the Holy Spirit to have his way. But if we're not careful, I grew up in a, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And really, honestly, the word Pentecost, uh, it, it is, it's 50, it's, it means 50, and it's 50 days after Passover. So when Jesus died on the cross, 
He was the supreme sacrifice. And, 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 and you remember in Egypt, whenever God chose to let his people go, he, he said to, for them to slaughter a lamb as a sacrifice and, and to put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts of each house of every one of the children of Israel and anybody that didn't have the blood of the lamb over their doorposts that the firstborn son of all the Egyptians would die, including the Pharaoh. Because they wouldn't let God's people go. God didn't want his people to stay in bondage and to stay in slavery. God didn't want his people to stay in bondage and to stay in slavery. You're like, well, I'm not in slavery. Really? You're not? Do you have any addictions in your life? It's called slavery. Do you have any dominating sin in your life? That's called slavery. Jesus sent his Holy Spirit so that we didn't have to live in that bondage or in that slavery anymore. And it started clear back in the Egyptian times when God wanted to let his children go. So <clears throat> that in, in the, the uh, Jewish world, the Passover was a, was a, a celebration. So 50 days after the Passover, another celebration is the Feast of Pentecost. So they celebrated, it's not an accident that they celebrated Passover, listen to me, the exact day that Jesus went to the cross. The exact day that Jesus went to the cross and he died on the cross and the supreme blood of the Lamb of God so that we don't have to live in bondage anymore. We don't have to live in slavery anymore. And then 50 days later, Jesus goes to the disciples or before that, Jesus told his disciples and his followers, he said, he said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you be endued with, what's that next word? Power from on high. He said, go wait. Anybody good at waiting around here? Is there anybody that's good at waiting? So we all are. He says, wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. And exactly 50 days later, after Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit fell in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit fell while they were waiting on God, it said that when the Holy Spirit fell, that they, that cloven tongues, like, like tongues of fire were on their head and said they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We don't want anything around here that the Spirit doesn't do. 
We don't want to manufacture anything. We don't want to, we don't want to be fake. We want the real thing. I grew up in a church and my dad pastored the church and there was a couple of ladies in the church that, I don't know how to say this nice, so I'm just probably just gonna go ahead and say it. They were, they were like, they wanted everybody to know that they were so spiritual. And so you remember in, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit where you can speak in tongues. There can be interpretation of the tongues. You can prophesy. You can, you can give a, a gift of knowledge. There's a lot of gifts of the Spirit. So they would give a message in tongues like every week. But the interpretation would be the same like every week. But they just wanted somebody to see them and they wanted to flaunt their gift so that everybody would know that I'm, they're so spiritual. I'm so spiritual. Oh, I'm just holy. Come and get wisdom from me because I'm just really spiritual. And it was a crock. It wasn't God. And it kind of messed me up. Anybody ever been messed up by some of that stuff? It messed me up. And I had to pray through about it, but I'm gonna tell you something. I can say this, that almost, if not every time before I get up and preach, I'm praying in tongues, praying in the spirit over here in this chair and asking the Holy Spirit to speak through me. And I want the power of God to fall on this place because our world is living in a hell that if God's people don't show up and if we don't use the power that God has provided for us and if we are tainted by past experiences and we say, I just don't want none of that. That ain't for me. But then my scripture tells us it's for you, it's for your children. And then he said this, Peter said this, it's for those who are afar off, like Montgomery. And a lot of people, they're uncomfortable, and they use that scripture where it says, well, tongues have ceased, and they don't do that anymore. And the verse that they use is in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, it's, and, and in the same verse, it says that knowledge will cease. And the only reason they want it to cease is because they're uncomfortable with it, because if, if tongues is gonna cease and knowledge is gonna cease, we're gonna be really stupid, Amen. too. We need knowledge. It's talking about the end of the age whenever we go to heaven and we don't need to speak in tongues and we don't need knowledge anymore. It's talking about when we are culminated as a church and we go to heaven and we don't need all of these gifts to empower us to do what God's asked us to do. And I don't know if you knew it or not, but God doesn't care if you're comfortable with it or not. He doesn't care. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with a lot of things. I'm a little bit uncomfortable right now. But it's not about being comfortable. It's about right is right, wrong is wrong, 
We need God and we need his power and we need his help. You say, well, how do I get that? One word, one word for you, one word, ask, ask. How much more would God be willing to give you to the, his spirit to those who ask? I gotta quit. I love y'all. Thank you so much for letting me preach to you. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. So Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for helping us. Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us. Thank you for being who you are in us and, and help us to know you more. I thank you, God, that you sent Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you came and you live in us and you reside in us. And we thank you for that. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the first step in knowing Jesus and knowing the Holy Spirit is, is by inviting him to come in. The Holy Spirit will never invade you or make you serve him. God will never do that. That was the one thing when he predestined us he, that, we, that all should come to a place of repentance. Our job is to accept that but he will never make us invite him to come in. It's a choice that he's given to you, each and every one of us. But God is not willing that any should perish. But we have to make that decision to ask him to come into our hearts and our lives. If you've never done that, or maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. I got to have that help. Yep, thank you. We're going to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. Preacher, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my heart. I need him in my life. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, would you mind looking up at me, partner? Would you mind coming up and letting me pray with you? I'd be honored to pray with you. Come on, buddy. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. It's a privilege. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so proud of you. Man, this day was all for you. It's all for you. I'm proud of you, buddy. What's your name? Kevin. Kevin, thanks for coming up, man. Um, here's what the Bible says. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that Jesus is alive, we'll be saved. I can help you pray, but you got to believe. Can you do that? Let's all do that. Just help us pray. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm so proud of you, Kevin. Bless you, buddy. Welcome to the family. Don't look back. Listen, you're going to have the same problems you had when you came, but God's going to help you deal with them. Get in the Word and read your Bible and show up for church. We can't help you if you don't show up. That a deal? All right, go visit that lady for just a second. Thank you, Kevin. Stand with me, please.
So the question is, is how many want everything that God has for you? Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Raise your other hand and let's, let's surrender to God. Lord, we uh, surrender to you, Lord, and we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just baptize us in the Holy Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts throughout this week. Help us, Lord, to follow you closely. Uh, help us, Lord, to uh, fill in the blanks, Lord, for, for questions that we have. And I pray, oh God, that you would stir up the, our pure minds by way of re remembrance, oh God. I pray, Lord, that we would sharpen each other up as, as, as we do our best to win this world for you, O oh God. Minister, Lord, to your people, we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here today. And we worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless y'all. We love you so much. We got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, we'd love to have you.